Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Parks Motor Sales was founded by my granddad, Bobby Parks, and my great-granddad, Julian Mays, in 1958. We've been family-owned the whole time, and being family-owned, locally-owned, means you get to get your next vehicle or your existing vehicle serviced by the same people who stand in the grocery line with you, drop their kids off at the same school you do, and smile and are happy to see you when they do. So come see us at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee on 919 Nashville Highway or ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job to defenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, or 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. 
Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. Farmer Johnny here, Taylor Family Farm. I want to give you all a little look-see. We raise 100% non-GMO, grass-fed beef, pasture chicken, and pork on our family farm. Everything that we grow is raised with love and care to ensure the highest quality and nutrition for our family and customers. You can shop online at taylorfamilyfarmtn.com or visit our farm store in person at Etheridge, Tennessee at 301 Dave Reisner Road. That's taylorfamilyfarmtn.com for more information. Scalpel. Scalpel. Tweezers. Tweezers. Ham sandwich. Ham what? Sandwich. I was going to eat lunch when I got my oil changed earlier, but take five is so fast I didn't have time. But sir, you can't eat during surgery. Eh, one bite won't hurt. Mm. Whoops. Uh, Napkin. Napkin! At Take 5, your oil change is faster than you think. Take 5, the stay-in-your-car 10-minute oil change. This is Del Kennedy, owner of Kennedy Broadcasting Company, operator of WKRM, historically 1340 AM, now 103.7 FM, and WKOM, 101.7 FM. We call ourselves Front Porch Radio, and I've said many times what that means. It means that we are working to connect this southern Middle Tennessee community, one listener, one relationship at a time. And let me elaborate on what that means. In this community, we will relentlessly promote jobs, commerce, business, industry, education, arts, green space, music, rivers, the great outdoors, healthcare, churches, charities, sports, and all the great people of Southern Middle Tennessee. Join us, help us, call us. Front Porch Radio, Delk Kennedy, thank you for listening. This is Clayton Harris, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. Easy for me to say, Tony Basilio, a show with no intro. And why? Because I don't need one. I don't need to play music at you. I don't need an intro. You don't need the games and the gimmicks when you got the real thang. And I do mean the real thang (laughs) on a Thursday. John Adams, who's already laughing, is presented by our friends at Seniors Helping Seniors online, seniorshelpingseniors.com. I was accused yesterday on this program. Brian, who are our guests and what time are our guests today? What are we doing here? We didn't even have a pre-production meeting. We're flying by the seat of our pants this morning. I'm letting you see this, ladies and gentlemen. We just got locked in with everybody today. Uh, we've got um, a lot to get to today. Tomorrow is our Florida preview. Okay, so our, for our friends, uh, for our friends over uh, on Twitter Spaces, disregard my Florida thing in the uh, in the deal. John Adams, we've got a lot to talk about today. Seniors Helping Seniors presenting you today. John, um, this college football season is going to be crazy, and Tennessee suffered a loss yesterday at linebacker. They have a couple thin spots on their roster. 
and one of them is that linebacker position. Um, Peely, obviously, the loss of him, I don't know when it hurts Tennessee, but it's going to hurt. I hear it's a tricep injury. Josh Heupel doesn't like to give away injury stuff, and um, your Adam Sparks in the Knoxville News Sentinel wrote a funny thing in his uh, deal that he does. I guess it's for subscribers where they he sends out like a little notes thing. Surely you've seen that. He's got that little deal they yes. write. It's like an insider kind of thing. Anyway, he said, you know, Heupel back in the in the summer was taught Matt Cooper Mays, and he basically made it sound week to week. And basically what Adam Sparks said is, I'll, I'll believe that when I see it, that this guy's back in a week. This guy's probably going to miss several weeks. Uh, your thoughts on the significance, John, of that injury? Well, um, it's hard to say because he only played one game mm. for Tennessee. But mm. that that's a position there does to be proven depth. Now, now they may have some good young players who develop. And mm-hmm. I think, in a way, it's, it's fortunate if you can say an injury could ever be fortunate. But at least it occurred before the Austin P game. Mm-hmm. And not before the Florida game. Um, I really didn't notice Peely that much in the uh, game against Virginia. I didn't even know he was out there. Next thing I know, he was getting a game ball. Well, that was one of the giveaways. I-, I talked about that yesterday on the air. Media people were kind of whispering amongst themselves, like, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. And then word started to leak out that he was hurt. And-, and when you stop and think about the fact that they gave him a game ball and he's hurt, it kind of makes sense. Here, it makes thinking me wonder, about you, it makes me wonder if he's out for the year. I know. You, know, you said it, I didn't. Well, I mean, it does make you, you wonder that. Cons- the Josh Kyle injury scale. Yes. Uh, I mean, we thought maybe Cooper Mays was going to be out. It's it, it almost like he could be ready for the first game, according to uh, Josh Heupel at his press conference that week. But. I don't know when he, I don't expect him back until October. That's kind of what people have heard. And that's a word going around that he won't be back till October. Cooper, yeah. Mm-hmm. But you know, Tennessee. I mean, in all, in all, you're right. Look, if, if a guy like Cooper Mays is going to get hurt, it's a lot better for it to happen mm-hmm. second week of August or whenever that was than second week of September. Because you're making your contingency plans. Now, they are taking Dane Davis, it looks like, and they're going to put him at center. We, we did a little analysis today of what we think is going on behind the scenes because they're really worried about the left guard spot. And, Matt, it's pretty interesting. Two fifth, sixth-year guys that a lot of people thought weren't going to play or look like you're going to play a lot of football here, Matt. This, this uh, COVID depth is going to come into play. Yeah, and two two guys that kind of, I don't want to say throw away, but guys that were kind of viewed just as depth pieces and yeah. just, you know, really just part of the team, if we're being honest about it. So uh, it's, a, it's a good thing those guys decided to come back and, and, yep. and play another year because they're, they're going to be playing a lot. Um, and and ho- hopefully the coaches can, can figure out the best way to use those guys um, and, and who and, and what spots to do it because there's – but like you said, there's there's very little depth uh, along the offensive line, um, proven or otherwise, really, um, just depth period. Um, so that along with Peely, you know, it 
it goes. It, it shows you why you got to keep developing players, and why you you've got to attack the portal when you when you need to, and and make good evaluations because you know they they've had some misses along the offensive line the last year or two. I, I read a um, I read I wrote a, ran a team mail today over on our Tony's talking points, which is really kind of um, a way for me to kind of organize the thoughts of the show, things we're going to touch on. So if you want to get a sneak peek at that before each program, it's over at tclub.team. But I, I had somebody accuse me, Matt. He said, Tony, I just wanted to let you know that your big rumor tease didn't work on me this morning. I immediately changed stations, and as much as I despise EA, at least they got to the effing point. It wasn't five minutes till they had the official report. See, that's the point, though, sir. When we started talking about it, it allowed somebody to ask Josh Heupel about it. And that's what you don't understand. You don't understand how the media works. I'll teach it to you. I'll t- I'm going to take you under wings right now. But that allowed, that allowed Adam to say, to, hey, they're talking about over here. What is he hurt? Is he hurt? But I'll take you under wings. You if you think those guys across the dial are going to talk about something before the coach says something about it, like I was going to yesterday, but Brian will tell you, we had the interview with Kurt. I thought it was later on in the hour. I'm always going to support my Lady Vol soccer program. Like John Adams, who was, he was the first. John had the first NIL deal on UT's campus uh, with, an NI, with a Lady Vol soccer player. And so he and I stand sapatico on this. We we stand for Lady Vol soccer. So if you want to hate on me for that, you hate. But the point is, he says, well, um, uh, and, and then he says, Peely's injury, I miss your sensationalism about Peely's injury. Matt, can you sensationalize when you go out in the, in the um, NIL market and he's one of your high-ticket items that they spent money on, and he's hurt. I came back and said yesterday, because that idiot, of course, he turned it back on, because, I mean, how much of Brian Rice can you take? God forbid. But he he came back on. By the way, Brian Rice is doing, no offense to him, but he's doing laps on Butch Jones. Would you people make up your mind you love a guy when he's here, and then you you th- you throw dart on him when he's gone. I mean, what is that? Could somebody ask him, please, for me? Matt, let's go back here. Elijah Herring was thought to be a throw-in in this deal for his brother. They get him on campus last year, and he's a really nice player. And they like him. They think he's a natural middle linebacker. And to John's point now... He's got a couple games to grow into it before they go on the road at Florida and it gets real. But, John, based on what you saw from Florida, do they have enough to stretch that herring kid at middle linebacker? Do they have enough to challenge us right now? Uh, From what I saw of Florida, I mean, they're not going to stretch anybody. Uh, You know, they're they're just trying to get their numbers right. Mm. Uh, They had two number threes on that – punt coverage team I think what happened uh, Billy Napier might have said uh, get 33 out here and so the two number threes ran out there (laughs) 
when they had, I think they called it an equipment violation. And Billy Napier, at the end of all that, is up there trying to tell their fan base, how can you field a semi-serious to our friend Florida? How can you field a serious Division I football program, John, and have two of the same number on the field on the same play? How does that happen? And why do we have two of the same number? Why can't adults say no to kids anymore, John? No, that number's taken. What, yeah, what have we that, done as a society? That, yeah. And, and, you know, the officials missed it a couple of years ago in the uh, Mississippi State-Memphis game where Memphis had two of the same number right. on the field. Great memory. Uh, and returned a punt for a touchdown, as mm. I remember. Mm. Ooh, so, the game. Yeah, they won a game because of it. Won the game, and there was a... There was something else that was missed in that game too. Anyway, it was, I think it was SEC officials maybe that that bungled it. But yep. uh, yeah, that what's the the irony in in that with the number three I, is that Billy Napier is supposed to be this this coach who deals in exquisite details. He's a detail guy. Yep. Uh, you know, nothing missed. Every little. Every little T crossed and I dotted, and that's not what Florida looked like. I couldn't see anything, and I know it was playing a good team, albeit a, a, a Utah team uh, injury-ridden without six to six to eight starters in that game. Uh, I, it, it was still, uh, I couldn't find anything redeeming about Florida, nothing I could point to and say, well, it could be pretty good in this area. This might be an encouraging sign. I just didn't see anything. Secondary looks slow, which I can't remember ever thinking a Florida secondary looks slow. So uh, it was just a overall bad performance. Uh, granted, one game. But it wasn't like as though going into the season uh, – that many people were optimistic about Florida. I certainly wasn't. I, I just think it's a team with a lot of problems headed for another seven-loss season. Speaking of which, speaking of a program that's going to lose a lot of games, I, I've got to get this in here. i got to get Matt's thoughts, John's thoughts, Brian's thoughts. Butchie Boy, I, I'll say this for Butchie Boy, he just doesn't learn lessons. He didn't learn a damn thing from his time at Tennessee. Because he knows it all. That's why he doesn't that learn That is one he, small he already knows it all. minded deal. You know, we have a caller named Small Mind. It's a shame. It, 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 it's a shame. Because this guy is your, this guy's like the original Small Mind. Listen to this. Butch Jones was asked yesterday about the about the pressure and the heat and the chatter on social media, and this guy still opens his phone up. This guy is paying attention to us making fun of him. Now, John, when you're paid that big failure money by a fan base to walk out the door and make you rich for life, Shouldn't that fan base be able to victory lap on you when you go to your next stop and you're losing and have some fun with you? I mean, isn't that part of the deal? I know, but 
I, th- I mean, a couple of things about Butch. I feel like he's very limited intellectually. And so that's a handicap. And I think he's very insecure. And the insecurity causes him to react to things he doesn't need to react to. Why should he care what Tennessee fans think? Well, I'll give him this, Matt. His syntax grammar challenge that he's gone through life with and misuse of words and phrases, he's got resiliency with that. First of all, resiliency is not a word. And second of all, he's a clown. So let's get to his use misuse of a phrase while he's ripping the Tennessee fan base. And let's park on this for a second, because i got to ask John, Bino brought something up the other day. Of the failed coaches here, people have decided this guy's public enemy number one, two, three, four, and five. I mean, this guy is like the public enemy. And by the way, when you play Austin P in two days in Neyland Stadium, this is what you forced me to do on a Thursday. Those of you who are looking down on me right now for, for taking the long, because I'm going to deal with Dabo Swinney too here in a second. It's low-hanging fruit here in segment number one. And here, ladies and gentlemen, is Butchie Boy to share with us how he hears you, Living Vol fan. He hears you. I don't check that at all. I mean, I, I would I would hope there would be people that would be upset. Maybe they have passion, but also I know that a lot of that is from another fan base. So I don't pay much attention to that. Um, and I, I guess the thing is, whether it's another fan base or whether it's this fan base or whoever it is, they care because they're watching. So they must have some invested interest to watch. Uh, so I don't pay any attention to that. Trust me, I've been in the SEC for eight years. There isn't anything that I haven't seen. Or just- John, um, they have invested interest, he said. Not vested, but invested interest. Your thoughts on Butch's turn of a phrase? Well, I think it's spectacular that Tennessee went from one coach to another, uh, from Butch Jones to Jeremy Pruitt. And I don't see how it was possible to hire and consecutive, make consecutive hires and get two people who are so far removed uh, from proper grammar. Uh, I mean, honestly. Invested interest! It was was as though they're both... uh, English was their second language. What do you think? I mean, if 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 Butch Jones and Jeremy Pruitt sat across a check chessboard from one another, yes. Who would you bet on? Matt, Butch Jones, and uh, Jeremy Pruitt playing the game of chess. <laughs> you guys just woke up and chose violence this morning. Uh, pro- probably Pruitt because he's got a better poker face. Yeah, if it's poker, I'm going with Pruitt. Well, but sure. it's not poker. So I'm going. I'm, I'm going Pruitt. I, I think. I think Pruitt yeah. would, would out scheme him. I agree with that. I think Pruitt would out scheme him. I'm not sure Butch could line up the chess pieces. Pruitt would double bracket his rook and get beat by a deep pass late, though. He, 
he'd put the he'd put the chess pieces like one one yard behind the board. Yeah, but but Butch Jones isn't throwing deep. <laughs> is, there's no way there's no way Butch could figure out how the night moves. Butch would get down the checkmate, guys, and he would have that one move to win, and he would like line his queen up in the shotgun. <laughs> you know, he kicked the field goal. <laughs> or kick a field goal with his king. Okay, so John, what's happened to overnight? What's happened to Dabo Swinney? Dabo Swinney had his big and husky pants on the air day. We were noticing he's gained a little weight in the off season. And his coaching staff all of a sudden looks like late Fulmer. He's got a bunch of family and friends on it and some inexperienced guys. And they looked really not bad Monday night. They looked like they're going to lose four or five games in their league. Bad. Not really bad. I'm talking like four or five losses in the ACC bad. Here is what uh, Big Dave Ungling. What was the guy's name last year, Matt, that's now at Washington State? I can't say his name. DJ. I can't say Washington. What is it? He's Oregon State, actually. Oregon State. DJ Ungalele. Yeah, he's at Oregon State. Ungalele, right? Something like that? Okay. Here's what his dad said yesterday on Twitter about Butch. I get it. About Butch? You mean Dabo? I mean Dabo. Dabo. Come on, Tom. Yeah, be better, Tony. Quit Quit sensationalizing. I bet you're against the portal. I know. He said, I get it. You're against the portal. You dislike NIL. But that's you and how you feel. Your obligation is to your athletes and and what best fits the success of the program. John, why doesn't Dabo Swinney just quit if this is how he's going to carry on? Because he has... He has zero chance of making it there, like zero, of, of no, ever getting just, back to no. where he was. He just has to change. But That's he won't. what he has to do. Long-time successful coaches mm-hmm. go back through college football history mm-hmm. that won for many years, were all able to adapt and adjust to changes in the way the game was played, to peripheral changes to the sport. Uh, Bear Bryant was as good as anybody who ever lived at that. Mm-hmm. And uh, Nick Saban has been has been very good at it. The, the great coaches all do that. Dabo had a great thing going there at Clemson. I mean, he's going he's going head-to-head and beating Alabama for national championships. Yeah. You can't get any better than that. But you have to adjust. <clears throat> Excuse me. Nick Saban, anytime some rule comes out or there's some change – he rails against it. This is horrible. This will wreck college football. And then in the very next minute, he starts preparing to, to win that way. He rails against it, but he knows he has to adjust to it, and he does that every time. Dabo has been slow on the draw with that. I would still think that he would figure it out, that I can't, I've got to embrace the NIL he was really against it the other day, John, post-game. What's he doing? What does he do? The, the transfer portal. Dabo, I mean, that, either get in that or get out. Get in or get out. That, oh, yeah. I No, I agree. I, I would like to think that with the, given the success he's had, he's capable of adjusting. But not all coaches can. And maybe he can. 
It, it would be as if uh, with the with NIL and transfer portal, go back to when the forward pass was legalized in college, in football. Yeah, we said we're not, we're we're not, not doing, doing that. Are you crazy? It. That's that's not football. You line up, beat the man in front of you, move the ball. Yeah, you not. don't throw the ball. We're not doing that. Well, you got you got to adjust. Kirk Ferentz, uh, Kirk Ferentz's boys catching strays, John from Dabo. Yesterday at his press conference, here's Dabo. Dabo's in a really strange, strange way. Matt, I want you to comment on this. This is Dabo yesterday at the ACC at, an, at, a, at, a, at a news conference. Dabo talking about his moribund offense Monday night, which scored seven whole points against, of course, the these guys run like the wind, the Duke Blue Devils. We all knew that. Here you go. Oh, man, it was bad. Unacceptable. Uh, when your offense is getting compared to a Brian Ferentz offense, you know you have problems and a lot of work to do. Oh, man, it was bad. Unacceptable. Uh, when your offense is getting compared to a Brian Ferentz offense, you know you have problems. Matt, why, <laughs> why would he drag poor Dabo Swinney? Why would he drag... Brian Ferentz's offense, or Kirk Ferentz's son, or whatever that guy, however you pronounce his name. It's just uh, Ferentz, I think. Yeah. I, I don't know, but I, I hope that's a that's a bowl matchup of two seven and five teams with a, the over under will be about thirty five for that one. Uh, well, I you know the thing about Dabo is it's and it, the the whole culture deal, whether you believe it or not, I do think it's real there. And, you know, he always is promoted from within with the coaching staff. And he, he built that thing. You know, he, he didn't take over a program, you know, on the brink of success. You know, he was really a game or two away from getting fired after two or three years. So he, he built that and deserves a ton of credit for it. But his just failure to adapt and he, and he had the opportunity to do that. He could have, you know, been a, a a guy a coach that that thrived with the portal with his personality. Oh, but he just he chose not to, and he's failed to adapt to some of the the way the game's going with that just anemic offense. You know, Tony Elliott was running the same thing um, at, at Virginia, and he doesn't have elite players. So it's really going to be interesting with Dabo because I feel like he, you know, there's we always make the former in Tennessee comparison. But when Fulmer was on top and kind of on that downside, he wasn't making, you know, eight or ten million dollars a year. He didn't have this hundred million dollar budget. Like Dabo's the first coach that has all the success and gets all this money in this big money era who's gonna start sliding, um, ironically with a slide. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how he and that fan base Kind of, because I don't think he can get it turned around to where they're an elite program again. Now we'll we'll see if he can be that, you know, eight to ten win type that makes the playoffs. But like their days of winning a national title are are, are long gone. But it'll be interesting to see how, in this big money era, a, a coach like that navigates, you know, the uh, the fan base's expectations. Here is uh, Dabo Swinney's coaching staff, John, to compa- make the former end of former comparison. Because I'm of the belief that when you hire your family and friends, you're going down. But to me, that's as old as it. And then when you dig in your heels, this is great news for people. So why are you guys parking on Clemson? It's highly significant that they slide. 
It really helps Tennessee. There's never been a time through history where their program being down hasn't helped Tennessee. It's hidden. It's baked into the cake, though. It's hidden. Tennessee's going to fight for them with players in Georgia. They're going to fight for them for players in North Carolina, South Carolina, Virginia. It's hidden. But to those of us that follow the sport and have historically, it's significant that Clemson slide. This is from a guy named Jason Magny on Twitter. Coach Magny is his name. He wanted to make a point here, at Coach Magny. Coaching experience prior to coming to Clemson. Wes Goodwin, first coaching job. C.J. Spiller, first coaching job. Tyler Grisham, first coaching job. Lemansky Hall, first coaching job. Kyle Richardson, high school. Mickey Kahn, high school. Thomas Austin, two years at Georgia State. John, when you surround yourself with family and friends and put them on your coaching staff, it, and then they then they brought the kid in uh, who's related to the guy at USC. It looks like he's 12 years old standing over there the other day. He had no answers. He, uh, the uh, USC coach's little brother. Uh, because Tennessee showed him the light in that bowl game, and Tennessee did show them the light in that bowl game. They showed them the light, but little did well, we know it was a train coming through the tunnel. Know, ironically, former one of his former assistants was there, Dan Brooks. And oh, Dan he had Brooks a great staff. No, I don't no, no. think they've been the same. Yeah, those guys were real. When he had Brooks and Ar- uh, Steve Caldwell, and that veteran coaching staff, compared to those kids, that's two two different worlds, Bry. It sounds like an all-star team of former great players. Lemansky Hall was a great player at Alabama, I think, years ago. And I, I recognize nope. C.J. Spiller. Great player, C.J. Spiller. But, you know, are they good coaches? Just because you can play great don't mean you can coach. A lick. It's significant well, for Tennessee. It's for- great. He's he's always promoted from within and not brought new ideas in. Now bringing bringing the Riley kid in is is yep. different, but obviously that didn't work that first game. And it will I, work. He just doesn't have a great roster. Nope. I mean, I don't I don't know what their the the talent ranking and recruiting and all that. You know, it's a lot of that says they're they have more you know overall talent than their national title teams, but that team doesn't have. They have maybe five or six guys that stand out. You know, maybe, you know maybe. what they look. Well, well, you know what's they're, funny, Matt. Latter Day you know, Filmer. They never yeah. had good offensive lines, even when they were when they were great. Latter Day Filmer didn't have playmakers either. They had one playmaker on the field the other day, that Shipley guy, who I love, by the way. It's interesting, John. When you even had, yeah, they had a good. I think they had some good players on his last team. They just didn't have a good coaching scheme at all offensively. I think Matt. Uh, makes a good point, though. Uh, it wasn't as though uh, Dabo Sweeney was uh, handed the keys to a Maserati. He he goes into a to a program that's down, and really for a long time. I mean, Clemson hasn't been an elite program, and he turned it into an elite program. So he knows how to build a program. I just wonder if he can rebuild it. Now he needs a rebuild. Yep. Can he say, can he look up, look at this thing, big picture, and say, we still have a lot to offer. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have winning. We we've got guys in the NFL. Uh, we believe in what we're doing, but we've got to go out and we've got to we've got to take 
take some new avenues now. We, we've got to get active now because, as Matt said, this should be a program that can attract transfers. It should be able to attract transfers. If Dabo will embrace that, I think he can turn it around. But I agree, that coaching staff is not the kind of coaching staff he won a championship with, not at all. He's get, So he's got a lot of work to do there. You're talking about transfer portal, NIL, better coaching staff. One he's other, got to do all that. One other coach I want to introduce into the cauldron today. We've got Butchie Boy who's, for some reason, feuding with Tennessee fans. Well, he's won five games. Five and 25 tries, but who's counting? Looked pretty good on national television the other day against Oklahoma, though. A pretty good account of themselves. 73 nothing, I think the score was. Yeah, they they never were able to push it across the goal they, line. They could have scored. They could have got ninety. Feels really. like feels like twenty seventeen menswear. He had to start his own. Um, he had to start his own menswear label called Feels Like Twenty Seventeen. So you're thinking that uh, Coach Venables took it easy on him? He could have got more. Matt, Matt and I post game we were we. <laughs> Matt was on here calling for ninety. Um, Okay, how about this one, John? Because I'm going to go back close to uh, take you back home, the highways and byways. The LSU people have been kind of beating on Brian Kelly this week. He's sort of uh, gotten a vibe. When he was at Cincinnati, nobody cared. And when he was at Notre Dame, he was protected. That's a different deal. LSU is going from the frying pan into the fire. I've believed that he's not going to be a good fit there long-term because he's not going to like the way they're going to do him down there, the way those fans are going to do him. I want to walk you through something here. Caught red-handed, LSU coach. This is from MLF Football, as linked over at tclub.team today, the third of our links. I'm hanging out on here for a second. John Adams in the mix in the hunt with us. Brian Kelly says, Caught red-handed, LSU head coach Brian Kelly says, beat the heck out of Florida State. It's not something that would ever come out of my mouth when asked about it after the Florida State game. It's just not in my background or nature to make those kind of comments. Little does Kelly know we have audio of him saying those exact words. Now, John, they were at some rib house in Baton Rouge. What's it called? T.J. Ribs. They and, used to have Billy Cannon's Heisman Trophy there. Maybe they still do. And he was, uh, this guy was, you know, playing to the crowd. And he said, uh, we're, gonna, we're, we're going to beat the heck out of Florida State. And then he went on to say, we're going to beat their blank on the air. And the people cheered and they went crazy. And why would this guy come out three days later? And say, I never said that when it's on tape. What is a dude doing, John? Explain this it, to me. It, uh, it really, and, and I'm not one to make excuses for coaches. I'm probably the last one. But I really wonder if he didn't realize he said that. It seemed very much out of character. But these coaches get caught up in these things. And you think a veteran coach would never do something like that. Particularly one like Brian Kelly's been in a high-profile position at Notre Dame or everything but it, it, I, I was shocked that he said that even even in that environment but I just wondered I wondered if maybe he didn't realize he said those words uh, I've seen look I was at I was in Baton Rouge for the Tennessee LSU game yeah 
dancing the Tennessee LSU game back when Nick Staben started. And he just LSU just lost to UAB. And the fans were going crazy on talk radio. They said, this guy, he'll never win here. They yeah. were ripping Nick Saban. Yes. He, tur- he turns around and beats LSU, beats Tennessee. The rest is history. Fans, they are knee-jerk. They are in most places, but I think they're further along the continuum there. So they're going to react to every little thing. I mean, I still really like Brian Kelly as a coach. I think he's because he's won everywhere. They've got the NI. He's embraced transfers. They've got the NIL money. That was a disastrous performance, and it affected the whole SEC, really. Uh, yeah, but really bad I, loss I still the league. think he will win big there. Yeah, The SEC really needs Alabama to play well this week against well, Texas. Instead, and. Instead of getting mad over these comments, he said they need to get mad over his coaching because they were they were embarrassed coaching wise under that Florida State game. Their schemes—you well, talk about antiquated—that looked like yesterday what they were doing offensively yesterday on the Westwood One well, Radio Network. Yeah, Tony, and I don't know if you guys are guilty of this, but when I when I watched LSU last year, I thought Jay Daniels was a good quarterback, yeah. but he was limited as to what he could do. I didn't see him as a guy picking apart a defense, reading the field, and all that kind of stuff. So he had a good year, though. He's coming back. All this hype about uh, Jane Daniels. He's a Heisman Trophy candidate. LSU's got plenty of talent. And so it's it just kind of seeps into your mind. That, yeah, this guy's really good. And I kind of forget the opinion I had of him when I was watching him play. And I'm thinking, yeah, he's the best quarterback in the SEC. Not that that's like saying he's the best quarterback in the SEC in 22. But then I watched him against Florida State, and it was the same thing. He would not throw over the middle. Didn't throw over the no. middle. He was he was completing out routes that were tough throws, uh, but he wasn't throwing over the middle. And that told me... He's probably can't read the defense that well. He's still a good runner, but I was just, I don't know. I was, it, it made me change my, my thinking and go back to my original opinion of Jaden Daniels. And I'm not sure that offense wouldn't be better off with Garrett Nussmeyer at quarterback. And they're already saying that down there. And that's another oh, and, thing. And that, and that game for sure. I don't, that they can't win with Jaden Daniels without a running game and, and really playing with a lead. Because I think his running ability is is obviously his best strength, and he's got to be able to play action and and put, run and go off their their running game more than anything. And that was, I mean, they just got whipped up front when by Florida, Florida State. Hey, when Florida State created that turnover to start that fourth quarter, when they were interviewing a coach, by the way, which is the dumbest that, thing in the world, see. it's idiotic. But when they when that happened, the game was over. When they went up fourteen, you might as well just walk off the field. You, they have with him at quarterback. Back in the summer, I said I don't buy him. People say, "Oh, he's number one quarterback in the league." I don't. Blake Topmeyer. Well, see, number I got, one quarterback I got in the league. caught up in that. I, I don't buy thinking, that. Yeah, I don't buy well, that. Well, you're right. You're right. I don't buy that. And and Nussmeier can really fling it. But the question I have is, who is number one quarterback in this league? You know, you know, the league went out and gave Jaden Milrow. A piece of the quarterback of the week award with Joe Milton Milrow? 
For what? 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 For fogging up a mirror? What did he do over the weekend? For putting an Alabama uniform on? I mean, I'm sorry. Look, if well, he accounted. He accounted for five touchdowns, and I think the expectations were so low for Alabama quarterbacks that he went out there and didn't fumble the ball a bunch of times, didn't throw interceptions. Yeah, he fought. Everybody said, "Man, this is mm-hmm. the next big thing in Alabama." Mm-hmm. And I agree with you. I, mm-hmm. I wonder how he's going to do against SEC defense. Monty Kiffin's one million dollar bonus. He woke up on January 1st. He went on the mirror and they gave him a million dollars. And we continue with more after this. This is Terry Wilcox, a.k.a. The Chicken Man, a.k.a. T-Willie. And you're listening to 101.7 FM WKOM, Columbia, Tennessee. Alert, alert! Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram has a huge announcement. We're expanding our service center to get you in and out quicker than ever. That's right, five new service bays to get your vehicle back on the road. Don't drive a Chrysler Dodge Jeep or Ram. It doesn't matter. Our certified technicians are trained to work on all makes or models. More service, less time. Only at Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. Family owned and operated. You can count on us. This is Dr. Dominic Mancini from the Dr. Gill Center. If your car was damaged in an auto accident, chances are you'd fix the car. Why wouldn't you give that same attention to yourself? Untreated whiplash injuries of the spinal column may lead to conditions such as headaches, numbness in the arms, neck and back pain. The doctors at the Dr. Gill Center specialize in detecting and treating such injuries from an auto accident. Accident consultations are free. Call mepainfree.com or call 615-551-9224. In today's uncertain world, you can never be too careful about your family's financial future. That's why the Parker Group, a part of Barrett's Private Wealth Management, is offering a free second opinion on your financial plans. Let us review your current plan, and we will identify any gaps and offer suggestions to improve it. Please call the Parker Group at 931-548-3737. That's 931-548-3737. Robert W. Barrett & Company Incorporated does not offer tax or legal advice. Hi, Jimmy here for Columbia Ace Hardware. Columbia Ace Hardware now carries Magnolia Home by Joanna Gaines Paint. Now their premium quality and huge selection of colors will be right in your neighborhood, along with the award-winning service and advice Columbia Ace has always provided for your paint projects. Around the block, what you need in stock, with people who know their paint. Columbia Ace, the helpful place. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Do you have trees that need trimming or removed? Do you have stumps that you want ground? A1 Tree Removal is a family-owned and operated business local to Columbia and Lewisburg and servicing surrounding Middle Tennessee. They are licensed and insured and provide free estimates. No job is too big. No tree is too small. Give old Luke a call or text Luke at 931-359-3113. Or you can check them out on Facebook and tell A1 Tree Removal that you heard this ad on the radio. If you love America, you will love A1 Tree Removal. 
Automobile Keys is a local, family-owned and operated car key programming business. Whether you need a smart key, switchblade key, key fob, transponder key, or just a basic car key replacement, we're your best choice for affordable, programmable replacement keys in minutes. Give us a call at 615-878-9087 or visit our website at automobilekeys.com. You can email us at cody at automobilekeys.com. Automobile Keys is a proud sponsor of Whitthorn Middle School football. Come by our van out front after the game and say hello. Go Tigers! Hi, Terry Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. When you think of diamonds, what do you think of? Rare, precious, timeless, sparkles like the sun. They are timeless and nothing like them on earth. Then do you think, where do I buy local to buy the perfect ring? Maybe a diamond pendant or earrings or maybe a new diamond band. Look no further. Tillis Jewelry carries all your diamond and jewelry needs. Stop by and see our wonderful collection. And remember, if you don't know your diamonds, know your jeweler. Tillis Jewelry, downtown Columbia. You'll have to see it to believe it. Whoever said that must have been talking about Talladega. It's a place where chaos mixes with speed. And a playoffs weekend becomes a lifetime of memories. It's a tradition like no other. At a track like no other. And after it's all over, you still won't believe it ever happened. NASCAR Playoffs Weekend at Talladega, September 30th through October 1st. Get your tickets now at talladegasuperspeedway.com. Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. Fired up, focused, prepared on a Thursday. It describes me. Because when Austin P comes to town, 5 o'clock Eastern kickoff, the place will never be the same. Garza Law, fifth quarter fan reaction. As soon as the game ends, we will be on co- concurrently. Concurrently. With uh, the uh, Alabama game, which will be going on, Alabama-Texas, there is a, Matt said it earlier in the week, John, sneaky good slate of college football this week. Sneaky good slate. Ole Miss has an interesting game. A couple other interesting games in the league. Of course, we take the week off, but it is a sneaky good week of college football. Yeah, I agree. I was listing games that I would kind of like to, see at least parts of and there mm-hmm. there are some good games uh week one was so dreadful um uh, yeah that almost anything would would be an improvement you but you're right uh and and some sec i'm really curious about like the arizona mississippi state game oh, great. i don't know i don't know what to think about it. mississippi state with a new coach we uh arizona's got a really good quarterback uh, they're just uh and I think we're going to look at the SEC now kind of in a uh, uncertain light mm. because of what happened in games involving other teams that were supposedly competitive. Mm. The SEC fared terribly. And now you come up with Texas A&M at Miami and Texas at Alabama. I mean, those to me are key games for the SEC that they need to win both of those. Have you all seen where, and then we'll go to the phones, 865-200-5402. By the way, Killer Kowalski coming up, second hour, Zen Sports. He's going to talk about how difficult it is right now to handicap these games and get get a beat on in light of what the transfer portal's done to college football. Talk about some soft targets out there. Well, 
<clears throat> there's some soft markets for college football. Miami's always been one of them. Miami is offering buy one, get one free tickets for this weekend. Fans who purchase a ticket for Saturday's A&M game, $125 in the upper deck, 205 in the lower end zone, 310 in the club corner, receive a free ticket for the Georgia Tech game on October 7. Buy one, get one free. Trying to, having trouble, John, selling tickets for Texas A&M coming to town. I don't know if Miami can ever i really don't think it can we've been talking about clemson whether it can regain the glory days i really doubt miami can miami didn't have a very large fan base when howard snellenberger went there in the early 80s built it into a powerhouse and they became kind of a a national team uh, a lot of a lot of people who never been to a miami game never been to miami became Miami fans. Yep. But their core fan base is not very large. I mean, I was at a game there once many years ago, 20,000 people in the Orange Bowl on a Friday night. So that's interesting. That that kind of reeks of desperation, does it? doesn't it? College deadline, colleges don't like to give tickets away. Brian Hartman, um, we want to thank Steve Parker for stopping by earlier. He brought you a gift. This is a vintage Emerson USA team NFL banner for indoor-outdoor use, 28 by 40, 100% nylon fabric, Brian, screen-printed design, color fast to sun and rain, double-stitch construction made in the USA by Annan, Brian. This is a vintage item, a Jacksonville Jaguar flag, Brian, for you to start the season. Thank you, Stephen. I appreciate that. Thank that you, nice. Steve Parker. Brian, I'm just curious. What, why do you pull for the Jaguars? I think it's um, it was like a uh, <clears throat> style of play, uniform cumber, uniform combinations. The uniform look was more appealing than what the Titans had. I think for me. So I think that was pretty much what, what it came down to. I remember John going to Smoky Mountain Brewery one Sunday afternoon, watching the Eagles out there. And Brian was sitting in there looking at one, one of the TVs behind the bar that had the Jags on. Brian, am I kidding? John's laughing. Brian, Mike, And it was one of those years no, where, the, where the Jags like had all win. And Brian was sitting there sweating that game like it was the seventh game of the Maybe. World Series. Maybe it was a two. Maybe it was two wins. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, so this is real. I mean, that, People think Brian's doing a bit on the air. Matt, do you like in late December when Brian starts cutting promos on the Titan fans when they're getting ready to play them and how uh, tight Brian gets over those games? How seriously Matty takes it? Oh, it, it's real. He he was he was cutting promos on Josh Dobbs last year when it was a, yes he a, was once in a lifetime opportunity for, yep. for a former Tennessee quarterback who's beloved here. He was ripping him NFL, because of his Jaguars love. It was NFL, very shameful. NFL starts tonight, Brian. What's our game? It's Kansas City hosting Detroit. And by the way, Josh Dobbs has been named the starting quarterback for Arizona, which is interesting. Well, it's Tankapalooza for them. 
I'm not knocking Josh Dobbs, but Caleb Williams for next year. Tanka Palooza for the uh, tell us tell us you're tanking without telling us you're yeah, tanking. Sam Hankey is general managing right now out there in the desert because they are built to win a game. Maybe let's get our uh, and I feel sorry for Josh Dobbs. He run for his life behind that offensive line. Yeah, they're going to put a sac- they're sacrificing him to the wolves. That's sad, man. I hope he doesn't get hurt. Hello and welcome into our next call. How you doing, Tony? Yo. I need to get you off speaker, buddy. No, you don't. You sound great. Okay. Um, I'm going to give you a little history lesson. This occurred in Dayton, Tennessee, 98 years ago. Scopes trial. Scopes trial. And who was the governor of this state when, when that occurred? John, who was the John? Did you know? Were you surprised I knew about the Scopes trial, John? That I rattled it off that quickly. Yeah, uh, yeah, but I'm even more surprised that uh, Titans Bill brought it up. Who's the governor? Austin P. Austin P. He was the governor of this state at the time. Of course, at the time, that's when General Neeland really started making things happen at the University of Tennessee on their football program. Who were other Austin P notable notables um Titansville? Do we have that? Uh no, I can't think of I can't think of I can't think of any more. This is really a Friday phone call, not a Thursday call. You're I mean no offense, but you're kind of wasting precious time with John here. Well, I just wanted to give you a little history lesson on, you know, I like their I, logo on their helmet. I love their logo on their helmet, and I love Clarksville. I, actually, I learned something, Titans, Bill. What'd you learn? I learned that Austin P. was the governor of the state. I didn't know that. Oh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew they had the governor's name. but Go P. I didn't, I didn't know that. I, that makes me, it raises my level of respect for that program coming da- in here to Neyland Stadium. Dave Link wrote a great book about fly williams and um and they used to chant go pee the fly is open the fly is open let's go pee yep that's how it went i think and of course they made a movie based on that trial and who were the stars of that movie spencer charlie charlie jones no spencer tracy gene kelly dick york Dick and, York uh, was Dick Sargent in it? No, he wasn't. Dick York from uh, uh, Bewitched. From Bewitched, yeah, he was in it. He Were you a fan of Rock- Bewitched, John? Yeah, I watched it. So, do you think Elizabeth Montgomery? What'd you think of her? I liked her. I had a crush on her. Really? Yeah. So, man, did she play like- all the characters on that bill? Did she play like her? Her her sister and her cousin and all those was that her like they would dress her up in different makeup and stuff. Uh, I th- I think so. Who I, played I Tabitha? Who was Tabitha in that Bill? I have no idea. Well, call me tomorrow with that. Well, let's go back was, to the phone. Uh, yeah, wasn't uh, Agnes Moorhead in that? Agnes Moorhead was in that. Let's go back to the phones. There was Dick Sargent and Dick York. There were two different uh, Durwoods. Hello and oh, welcome. I don't remember in- Dick Sargent. Hello and welcome into our next call. 
Hey, Tony, Steve, and Jasper. Hey, Steve and Jasper. Welcome in. Hey, how you doing? Good, brother. Uh, there's been a lot of interesting stuff happen this week in the world of college athletics, I think. And I think you, you've uh, talked about it some in the past, and I just wanted to ask if you could reiterate some of what you've said. That And one of the things as regarded to this charter spectrum versus Disney uh, issue and the potential that the gravy train that all these colleges are on with all these cable bundles being supported by grandmothers paying $15 a month for ESPN might disappear over time. And, uh, you know, you've got that, you've got the transfer portal and the, uh, you know, the Colorado uh, situation uh, winning. Uh, you've got LSU announcing last night that they're going to pay their women's basketball coach $32 million over 10 years. I mean, it's out of control. I mean, these at, these college athletic departments, they're black holes into which every bit of revenue that gets anywhere near them gets sucked in. They are, football, you know, yep, they are the spending like game. the federal government. That's what they're doing. And, and then, and, and you know what? Truly, that's who they are because they, yeah, they, yeah. what's weird about college sports is college sports is a commercial, highly commercial enterprise that parades yeah. around like a nonprofit organization. Yeah. And they've yeah. gotten away with it, Steve, but for how yeah. much longer are they going to get away with it? Well, well, and the good thing about, you know, and the thing about that, you know, they, they encourage people to, you know, they want me to give, you know, give, make a pledge for touchdown to UT. Yeah. Even more than that, uh, remember us in your estate planning. In your it's estate? Like, what? Danny White what cares, man. Danny cares. I mean, I mean, I'm not going to say to anybody how to, how to, uh, you know, how to spend their money, uh, you know, I but you know, to me, that'd be like leaving my money to Walmart or Microsoft. I agree with that. I mean, but you and I see I it mean, the same, and I love these people. Look, I love college yeah. football, and I love college sports, and I love what sports do, and and the camaraderie of teamwork, and yeah. you know, being at that Knoxville Sports Hall of Fame last week when John was honored. There's a lot of people with great stories there. He's one of them. You know, there's a lot of benefit in sport you know those of us that are yep. kind of called to it but it's totally out of control right now this thing and, with the cable not, systems yeah. well you know I, I was reading something in a trade the other day where espn is literally hemorrhaging money as we speak because of this charter deal so charter basically has said to them they're the second largest cable company in the country several million subscribers and they've said to them we're done we're done paying your exorbitant uh, clearance fees, and we're just going to kick you and, off. We're done with you. Now, now, and, Steve, it's left this hole to them. Ready? Over a billion dollars a year, several hundred million dollars a month in revenue they were counting on is gone. Well over yeah, a billion and, a year. This is big business now we're talking about. Big and, business, and I read the, I read that uh, I, I went back last night and was reading some yeah. of this stuff because I don't have that good an understanding of it but apparently they have what they call kind of most favored nation 
a situation where if they give charter a deal, all their contracts say we got to give that same deal to Comcast. We got to give that same deal mm. to this other big cable company. And so this is this may be kind of a showdown of all showdowns. What they're saying, those that follow this say, this is the first step that's going to lead yeah. to a seismic shift of the way we consume sports on television because yeah. you are soon going to have to get on Amazon, just like MLS fans right now have to, if they want to watch that sport, they have to go buy a tier for over there um, with, uh, not Microsoft, who is it? What's the Apple? With Apple, uh, Amazon is about to jump in bed with ESPN and John, what wouldn't, not what would, what wouldn't Southeastern Conference fans pay to watch their games on television? We're about to find out. Not what would they pay. What wouldn't they pay, John? We're about to find this out. We're about to find out. Yep. And, it, and I'll say this. The ticket price is up there at Nashville for that Virginia game. What wouldn't they I pay? Couldn't be- I couldn't believe they, what they were selling the tickets and they, for. And, and there were people and they sold crawling, them. And, crawling and they didn't, to get in there. But they didn't They didn't sell one to me. I went. I said, I'm not paying that. I went on the secondary market, and I said, okay, I found one for a reasonable price. Here. But you get in for like and 60 bucks? Was, I got one on the club level for a, for 100 Not bad. That was, was a single. Yeah, you know it was a single, but but I said I'm not paying. I'm not going to do it. Well, and that's fine. They've got people out there doing it, and so the free market and capitalism says okay, fine. You know they sold them at that. You so know, fine. Thank you, and, Steve. And, I, and I don't mean to. I don't mean to just criticize that. I don't mean to. No, it's everywhere. Tennessee. It's everywhere. Every school. Everywhere. Every school has their black hole. Yep. Every one of them. Thank you, brother. And it's out of control. Thank you. When, right. when a women's basketball coach is making three million dollars a year, it's totally out of control. Good, Brian. When uh, when you put a game on like a streaming service, yep, and it's a lot of money to get, yep, it's also going to help demand for the tickets at the game go up. I think if if they got a lot of people that just don't want to, that would rather almost pay to get in the stadium than pay for the streaming service. I doubt that. Maybe I don't know. Would we, Tony? You, I don't know. If, you just said that the tickets to that Miami game were like two hundred dollars for lower level seat. The Miami Tech. That's what they're doing, game. and they're masking I mean, it as a buy one get one free yeah, match, which I, mean, I like. That's, it's insane that prices are, are the way they are. Total gimmick. Just, just but, get it. Just get in seats. But not every not every school can get away with this. I think it's going to yep. increase the disparity between programs yep. because. I mean, I think Tennessee fans will pay a lot to see the Vols play. I mean, imagine if it was if you had to pay for every game for every Tennessee game on television. On television, yeah, people would do it. People would do it. And and you know what? Yeah, John, it's going to lead to the Super Conference. It's just one more step. You're you're doing that now. That's all it is. Cable bills. If you stop and you think for a second of where this is going. This is just one more step in Vanderbilt. We love you. Ole Miss, you've been a lot of fun. Mississippi State, you've been a lot of fun. But we're going to go behind the paywall, 
and we're going to bring the people with us, like the Oklahomas and the Texases of the world. They can pull a pull a uh, a big number, and we're going to put ourselves together, just like the MLS. They went and signed Messi. They are moving those subscriptions like hotcakes, like hotcakes. They knew exactly what they were doing. We're going to come back hour two on the radio, so that's in the conversation as well as we continue after this. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee, WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. And I'm Michael Parks Lawrence at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Together, we're Mr. Bobby Parks' grandsons, and we run his dealership, and we are glad to be part of our local community. Being family-owned and operated, we invest heavily in our community. We do things like sports teams, schools, bands, you name it. We try to help everybody we can. The reason why we do this is because we all love this community. So come do business with us, your neighbors, at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, right off Nashville Highway, or at ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, this is Steve, the garbage man. Y'all have heard me talk in the past about Packer, our mascot dog. Well, I have some sad news about Packer. She recently crossed over the Rainbow Bridge to join our other beloved pets of the past. Packer lived out her final days on our farm in Water Valley. She had a great 14 years of life after being rescued by Don from being thrown away as a pup in someone's garbage. Rest in peace, Packer. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, my name is Connor Mims. My wife Bradley and I live in Columbia, Tennessee in Riverside. I am a deck and porch builder and my wife is a second grade teacher at Riverside Elementary. My specialty is designing and building elegant and comfortable porches and decks. Let me work with you to design and build the porch or deck of your dreams. 
Give us a call today from our website, memsmodernlandscape.com. That's memsmodernlandscape.com and check out what we have to offer. Thanks. Imagine all the hits you love in one collection. Live it up with favorites like, I won, did you hear me? I won! Or the timeless treasure, I just won $5,000! And who can forget the all-time classic, Look who's going on vacation! Get your hands on the cash-loaded Hit Instant Games collection at your nearest Tennessee Lottery retailer. And let the good times roll. Only from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. Make it a happy new year. Become the Powerball First Millionaire of the Year, announced live on Dick Clark's New Year's Rockin' Eve with Ryan Seacrest. Enter to win a VIP trip for two to New York that will include a three-night stay at a luxurious Times Square hotel, a chance at a million dollars, and more. Enter any Powerball ticket at tnviprewards.com by October 31st. From the Tennessee Lottery, game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. This is Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools and the Big Yellow School Bus. You're listening to Front Porch Radio on 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. TB back with you. 865-200-5402. Hold your calls. Because my man Robert Kowalski now joins, a.k.a. Killer Kowalski from Zen Sports. And uh, Robert Kowalski... Incredible to talk to you. NFL begins tonight. It's insane. But college football is where we are today. Let's park there as you appear on the TLD Logistics hotline online at tldlogistics.com. I've got John Adams here. He's been in the game 40-plus years. Knoxville News Sentinel, Brian Hartman, Matt Dixon. And we all want to talk to you. So, Robert Kowalski, K Pasa Amigo, how you doing? <laughs> so great. Thank you so much. I, I, I love being on with you, Tony, and the crew. It's uh, After seeing what happened in week zero and then what happened again on Saturday, it's just you, you really wonder if if maybe, just maybe, this, this book of power rankings that I put together, I might just have to go and just throw it into the barbecue grill right now. No, we were talking about that very thing the other day because we invited you to come on the show Tuesday. And you said, "Hey, man, look, love to love you, love your show, but man, I, I've got to recalibrate here. Let's talk because my guy Nashville Lee, who makes bets for a living, and we're going to do our our winners and losers show tonight, presented by our friends at Miller Lite. But he says that Joe Public is going to overreact to this Colorado deal. Now." Your thoughts on that? Is Joe Public overreacting to Colorado, or did you guys have to recalibrate after week one? I really, really wanted to open Nebraska a far shorter dog, uh, especially after looking at what they've done in week one. I mean, you know, Nebraska puts up 10. Uh, they have 295 yards of total offense. Total offense. I think Colorado had that at the half. Uh, defensively, it, it's, it's, look, it's, it just doesn't, maybe it does make sense after all. Maybe it's just really the upside down world all over again. I, I had to open it three. And then the first press was all over Colorado. So I said, fine. Um, 
how about three and a half? Maybe that's the ceiling. It goes to four. And then four and a half before finally I get pressure back on Nebraska. So there's, to, to me, at least from, from our perspective here at Zen Sports, that seems to be the ceiling. Colorado four and a half. Right now, everywhere you look is Colorado three. And this is, I, I, I'm really not sure if, if that's where it's going to sit. Uh, the, the total is what I'm also a little concerned about because that's hovering near 60 points. Tony, I don't know if, if Nebraska's ever seen, you know, this, this kind of, of, of high altitude air, uh, but in a few days, they're going to have to adjust to it. <laughs> and they're walking in there like a sold out building. All of a sudden, there's just like, there was nothing there. They, 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 they let their whole football team go last year. Is there any way to account for what Colorado has done through the whole modeling process and what you did in the summer? What you thought they had on their roster versus what they have. How dis- disparate is it, the, the, the two concepts? You know, I, I thought that prior to, forget about what we did this offseason, you know, going into this, this year's games. Last year, I said, and I, I probably already mentioned it on the air with you. We were entering the wild, wild west of, of college sports. Yep. This, this puts a stamp on that. That's, that's my validation. And it tells me everything I, I need to know going forward that I, I have to stop. I have to stop. And I really wish I could have been on on Tuesday. Uh, but there I was uh, going through schools' websites to see who's still on the roster, who's healthy, who's not. And the adjustments, literally as we speak right now, there's still totals that are, are moving heavily, heavily, uh, either up or down. And I know we, we talked a little bit about, uh, you know, the time of possession and, and just how many, uh, offensive plays teams could come off with and the efficiencies that schools really need to be significantly, you know, thinking about because you're now working with a far shorter clock. Yep. than you've ever did before, and yep. what kind of adjustments you need to make for that. To some, Rob, Robert, the belief is that you're now seeing three quarters of a football game versus what you saw last year, especially when there are two competitive teams on the field. When there are two competitive teams on the field, you're seeing a shorter, now in blowout games, people are going their place. It right. is what it is. Chip Kelly was talking about that last week. And that's another thing that people have to kind of adjust to as they start to calibrate what's going to, including yourself, what's going to happen in these games. Robert Kowalski joining. He's the odds maker, Zen Sports. Uh, John Adams, uh, jump in here with Robert because it's, it's just a curious time that we're living through here. Yeah, Robert, you're talking about recalibrating. I was curious if, if you paid much attention and put much valid, validation in what happened with the SEC. Three of their teams were in supposedly competitive games, and LSU got throttled by Florida State. South Carolina gave up nine sacks and an embarrassing loss to North Carolina. And Florida was was manhandled by Utah, which was missing six to eight starters. Are you looking at the SEC any differently because of, because of those games, or you just look at that as just a, a very uh, – very small volume of uh, results. It, well, every game counts, obviously. And when you look at 
the the body of work that I have, the, the SEC versus every other conference, there's going to have to be a adjustment that's going to be made. You know, it, it's it's one week. I get it. It's the first week, which is is also something that you have to factor in. I mean, uh, heck, you know, when you look at the pro game, uh, there's going to be an awful lot of support for underdogs, no, no matter what, in week one because it's it's still a very raw moving number. But in terms of the games that we expected to see results, uh, just if, if not a cover, then at the very least a victory. Uh, we had some some uh, sharpies that had to come out and say, you know what, maybe we might want to go ahead and, and temper the expectations for some of the schools. Uh, Clemson, they're finished. Florida State, uh, I took a massive pop on their futures. Uh, and I actually think that that's one school right there that has an outside shot at making the playoff. I think that they could run the table. Hey, Robert, what was your number on Florida State coming into the year? Uh, Florida State was one one twenty five, hundred twenty five to one. And what was the what was the um, what was the win total? I think it was see, eight and a half. Oh wow! Uh-huh. Yeah, because there's no accounting for the transfer portal. Nope. I mean, there's just nope, no. You know, who would have known that? Like who? John. In all fairness to everybody involved here, I mean, and and. I was telling John yesterday, I've got a, we have a mutual friend who gambles, you know. And his his thing was, he went through his, the way he did it. First couple weeks, he said, I'm going to play every team that won the transfer portal. Whether they're a dog by your number that you set, whether they're a dog or a favorite. He did it last week and really had a great weekend. The, the, the transfer portal winner is either covered for the most part, or uh, played within the number when they were a dog. Um, and that seems like an interesting little way to approach things early on. <laughs> I, I like I like what you said, Tony, interesting. I like to think of it as really, really smart. Uh, if you pay attention to the transfer portal, if you pay attention to what has happened uh, year over year uh, and the roster turnovers, that's actually the best way to handicap college sports today. John, that's wild, isn't it? I mean, you think it about really that. It really is. We talk about all the impact that transfers have had, but from Robert's perspective, the way he analyzed that, it, it, it really is amazing. Because you have these models, you feed that stuff in, that's going to be the number at the end of the day, but then... You also have this tertiary thing out here called a transfer portal that nobody can account for. Nope. Nobody nope. can account for it. Tony, I, I had a point where if I'm up to Tuesday, Wednesday at the latest, I knew that my number was solid. I knew that, for example, you know, Colorado 3 was going to be good. Alabama 7 over Texas was going to be good. Now, I'm, its term is price discovery, line discovery, and I'm in it up until... The, the morning of in some cases. So if you know what you're doing and you're playing these games, the house generally is going to have an edge because you have that information. But right now, Joe Public out there has got a real opportunity, don't they? 
I would I would say more than ever before in my industry. It makes sense. I mean, John, it's wild, isn't it? I mean, just stop and think about that for a second. That that Florida State game, you know, like Mike Huguenin last week was saying, that was the game of the year in week one, the, the, the non-league game of the year, okay? Florida State turned the season on its head with what they did to LSU. And to John's it, point, the SEC looks really bad right now because it of turned it. The, it turned the SEC on its head because all of a sudden you have a team that was regarded as a playoff possibility yeah. and a possible division winner, even a even a challenger to Georgia. And it didn't just lose. It, it just got steamrolled in the second half. And yeah. so now you look at LSU completely different, and I think you have to look at the SEC a little differently too. Robert Killer Kowalski joining uh, Zen Sports. Brian Hartman, go ahead, jump in. I just want to um, ask about a, a couple games here. One's sort of on everybody's radar. One's kind of under the radar. But how do you see Texas plus seven at Bama and Purdue? And uh, Virginia Tech minus three and a half versus Purdue. How do you see those games stacking up? Alabama, I, I wanted to open them higher. Uh, and so I did. At Zen, at Zen Sports, I actually opened them up eight. Uh, and, and again, it just price discovery being what it is, I, I really wanted to see if I could just stay true to form on the game. No, no, it, it's not going to be the, the same old formula that I could say, uh, here they are, uh, SEC, um, and and now lay the worst of it. Uh, I got immediate pushback uh, with Longhorns money, so I went down to seven and a half. Uh, that wasn't enough. Got pushed back down to seven, uh, and then that's that's actually where I'm sitting at. So it's gone are the days where I could just hit a cruise control button on some games and say to myself, okay, I, I know that. It'll just be favored to the over, like in the instance of Alabama, for example. And it just, it was not meant to be. So there's, there's, there's the line between, I guess, if we could call it, you know, sharp and square, it's, it's getting blended more than ever, uh, in that instance. You also mentioned, uh, Purdue, was it? Yeah, Purdue and Virginia Tech for some reason. <laughs> Brian's got issues, man. Virginia Tech, I opened one. Uh, and this game, uh, I, I was playing hot potato with. Uh, it got bet immediately to Purdue. I again, I, I don't know why. So then I just moved it to pick uh, back to Virginia Tech, and then it started to climb uh, one to two and a half. Immediately back up to three. Uh, got a little bit buyback because you know, of course, field goal. Why not? Uh, but that wasn't enough. So now it's Virginia Tech three. Uh, and then the total's 48, Brian. I, again, this, this is just a weird game. Purdue, what are you guys doing? <laughs> hey, 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 by the way, when we open up, um, when, when Monday comes and we see that number for real for Florida, future numbers and number numbers are two different things, okay? Can you, uh, can right. you, can you kind of jog your brain for me and give me a sense of where you think that's gonna where that thing's gonna open for real, real, or is it too early to say, Robert? <laughs> this one's too early to say, and this is this is the game that we always like to play. Uh, you know, with us uh, with us bookies here. I mean, look, uh, 
McNeese State? Like, what, what, what could they do to provide any kind of real defense against, you know, I think Florida can, you know, count on scoring pretty much every drive. Uh, again, as long as they're efficient, you know, they, they can pretty much name their score. Uh, so, I, I don't know, I, I could be way off on this one. I, I was thinking somewhere in the high 40s, uh, much like in the game with, uh, with the Vols. Uh, you know, you know, Austin P is really not going to provide much of a, of a pushback against them either. Uh, you know, I had Tennessee somewhere in the high forties as well. Uh, but that's, uh, that's yet to be determined. Uh, but I've, that's, that's what I'm writing down, at least in pencil right now. Yeah. And then the number when Tennessee and Florida face each other, I'll be curious to catch up with you Saturday in our post game. Cause I want to get that number before it opens. It's one of the things you're going to do for us this year with these big games. Right. Um, and uh, on the way out, anything else you'd care to add? It was uh, really interesting catching up with you, and uh, you're going to have your hands full this year with college football. It looks like Robert. <laughs> I I do every year, but it seems like this year I'm I'm, I'm going to need to grow a third arm or something because yeah. this is not easy at all. Uh, you know, there, there's games that you know just in the conversation that we all had here in our and our fun little round table. I'm, I'm seeing totals move again, wholesale moves, uh, full three, four point moves. And, and it's, it's only Thursday, right? It's only Thursday. We're, we're not even up to a, you know, a, a solid number, but the lineups being what they are, Tony, we've got ourselves one, one incredible season. And I, I think that if you have an idea for who you have in the college playoff today, I'll probably go ahead and be very willing to bet a cup of coffee that half of those teams won't be there when we get to the point. I think you're right, and I appreciate you. Thank you. I was telling John that off the air yesterday. I think this, when it's all said and done, is going to be one of the most memorable college football seasons ever, and here's why. You've got that whole fractioning of what's going on on the left coast, that whole thing splitting apart. You've got... uh, Guys like Josh Heupel who have turned the sport on its on its yep. head. You've yep. got guys like Cl- the guy at Clemson who looks out of time, but yet he's trying to assimilate a modern offense. It did not go well the other day, but what's it going to look like in five weeks? You've got upstarts like this, like this thing at Duke the other night. You've got that Florida State team that who knows what we saw. Uh, it's going to be, and then and then in the SEC, the things you thought you believed don't look like they're real. So I don't know. Uh, it, it, then spotty quarterback play all over the country is another uh, is another thing that's going to drive what's going to happen in a lot of these signature games. But Killer Kowalski, go to it, my man. I appreciate your time, my brother. <laughs> I appreciate you, Tony, and I'm here for all of it. Thanks so much for having me on. It's a pleasure and honor. Thank you. John, I really think that the, the betting public this year, the first couple weeks, if you can find them, I, there's got to be some soft spots in what these guys are doing because there's no way to account for it. That was insane what we saw last week with Colorado. Insane. I don't know if you saw the comments from the uh, TCU linebacker just uh-uh. pretty much eviscerating his own team. About how horrible they were, how they gave up, uh, how the defense coordinator actually had a a good plan laid out, and they failed to execute it. Execute. 
we're so caught up in what Colorado did because of Deion Sanders and just all the transfers. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> excuse me. That you don't. That I don't think anybody looked at the other side of it that much and said, "Well, maybe TCU's just not very good." And I think that's a possibility. That the TC, the Colorado Nebraska game is really intriguing mm. to me. In fact, based on that result, those results, I'm thinking Colorado should be like a seven, eight, ten point favorite. And they're not over Nebraska. And they're, they're not. not. That's a point. So that tells me Nebraska might win that game. Matt, and it goes counter to everything we saw last week. We've walked through the wilderness here as Tennessee fans, and Matt has a really, really food for thought point about those poor Nebraska people, which is imagine being one of those folks four o'clock tomorrow afternoon, and if Deion Sanders takes a roster and flips it over. Just flips it over. Takes a, a bunch of kids from historically black college university team. That's what he's got. And then mixes yeah. it in with some guys and hires the Kent State head coach who's got the Josh Heupel type offense that they run and some of the different things like that. Imagine what those poor people are going to feel like Saturday night. Because, Matt, you and I, I, I'm, I am so cheering for Nebraska to get back. You know, Laura looked at me. She said something really good. Uh, Sunday night or Monday night, you know it's weird seeing uh, um, it's weird seeing the Seminoles back being elite again. But darn it, it's good for college football. That was her comment to me. It's kind of fun to see these guys back on top. Just a little different flavor, a little something different. We were getting so stale at the top of the game. Tennessee crashing the party last year. If they could have beaten South Carolina would have been a really, really great thing for the game. And if Florida State can sustain this and can run through the deal, and I don't know if they can because I don't know that I trust their quarterback. Quarterback play in this deal this year is so spotty across the board. It's such an interesting part of the game. And Robert might be right. You know, if you, Well, let's, let's do this. Who do you think the four playoff teams, John, are going to be today if you were to say this? Who are they? Based on week one. I'll take uh, Georgia, Florida State, um, Michigan, and, uh, wow. It's weird. Is USC going to be one of them? I I can't. can't, I'm not sure. Maybe maybe Southern Cal. Southern Cal. Southern Cal or Oregon. Um, Yeah. Go ahead, Per. You know, interesting thing. You talk about quarterback play. The Spencer Sanders quarterback from Oklahoma State that was really good out there for a few years. Yeah. Transferred. And he was supposed to be a someone who was coveted, but he can't even get on the field at Ole Miss. Well, he. It's weird, yeah. man. I don't think he was very coveted. He's so beat up. He, he suffered a lot of injuries out there. He yeah. was a gamer, played a lot of ball for Oklahoma State, but. I don't think he was 100% healthy when he left there. But the quarterback play is so paramount now in all of these discussions. And it's and I look And I look at the SEC elite teams, uh, Alabama, Georgia, yep. LSU yep. still. I would have to think of it yep. as uh, – and even in Tennessee. Tennessee's the top. <clears throat> yep. those, were, those were the – my 
top four, I guess, in the SEC. And there were, there were questions about Joe Milton from Tennessee's own fan base, and I thought he, he played well against in the first game against Virginia, as he did in the Orange Bowl. Yep. But, I mean, nobody's comparing him to Caleb Williams at USC. But when you think about teams that make the playoffs and win playoff games, you gotta have you got to have a star at quarterback. Stetson Bennett was that for Georgia. Uh, Carson Beck, Georgia's starting quarterback, doesn't. I, I don't see Georgia winning a national championship with him at quarterback. I don't see Alabama making the playoff with Jalen Milrow at quarterback. I know he put up good numbers, but stats are so misleading, particularly in these non-conference games. Yep. You really need to watch the games. And, and now I look at LSU differently. I'm reminded that Jake Daniels, uh, supposedly an elite quarterback, really isn't an elite quarterback. And so these are these are the top teams in the SEC. And so I wonder about those teams. I really like Texas A&M the first week against New Mexico because of, because of the way that offense was reconstructed with Bobby Petrino coming in there and the way Connor Wigman operated at quarterback. Yep. If I'm Georgia, I'd rather have Connor Wigman at quarterback than Carson Beck if I'm trying to win a national championship. Hey, Matt, that could be a sneaky game right now for a lot of people on, t- on a lot of people's schedule, that A&M team, because of how vertical they looked last week. That's a little sneaky. And by the way, I sell well, Texas A&M. It'll be sneaky when it happens because I think they'll be coming off a win over Alabama. There you go. I, I listen. I I see. I, I sell A and M every week in those big games. It's in college. It's in college station. It's in college station. See, yeah, it's tough. I, I agree with you. The the t, the uh, Texas A and M team I saw and the Alabama yeah. team I saw. I like Texas A and M better. And I know that seems that seems far fetched. Yeah. But given a&M lost seven games last year, but it also played Alabama right down to the last second. You know, John, I I fought this back in the summer, but I'm looking at Tennessee's schedule. Brian said something the other day, which I you know wrote down, made a note. Every team Tennessee plays the next four weeks have lost over the weekend. Some of them didn't even play anybody. They lost. Like uh, that San Antonio team with always been pretty good. They couldn't get a first down against Houston. They couldn't get a playoff. That poor Harris guy was you running know, for he was running that, for his life. I mean, he I know what that game world. really stunned me. I didn't see any of it, but I looked. I, uh, South Carolina was supposed to come in here. You know, you know, we talk about the portal, but really there are two things that happen in the portal. You can get players and you can lose players. And South Carolina lost like several playmakers, several linemen, um, and and it showed. You know, this, Bell, oh, it lost. this is for real. A very good wide receiver. I mean, the the South Carolina team that beat Tennessee last year and the one that's going to come in here, all of a sudden you look at Tennessee's schedule and you go, okay, you get through that Florida thing and you're going to set up a game with A&M and Nealon Stadium where you might see two undefeated teams. Unless I'm missing something here, guys. Am I missing? Am I missing the... And I tried so hard in the summer to stay away from that, but it looks like when you were talking about the elite teams in the league, you almost have to include the Vols in that right now. 
You really yeah, you do. do. You really do. And you you have to, I think you have to look at Texas A&M a lot differently than you did. I, I just think it might be an elite team. I thought in the offseason, Texas A&M really matches up well with Tennessee. Yeah. It's strengths against Tennessee's supposed weaknesses. I thought they might not be as uh, the defensive front's pretty good, but the offensive line is going will be going up against the Texas A and M defensive front that's experienced and deep. Uh, a questionable Tennessee secondary is going to have to cover four quality receivers at Texas A and M. I mean, really good receivers. Nobody else will create those those issues for Tennessee as much as A&M. And I tell you what really matters to me in that yeah. game, how Tennessee should be really grateful. They're getting Texas A&M in Neyland Stadium. I, I think that that could make all the – I like Tennessee at home. But if Tennessee were going to College Station right now and playing that game – from after just week one, I would probably favor Texas A&M. That's just a huge, a huge difference. Uh, That's a, a game day candidate. Homes. The what? T- Tennessee, Tennessee's yes. off a of buy. Tennessee will be off a of buy as well. It's a perfect setup. That's right. Yes, and, and and maybe you know I think when everybody looked at the season schedule, Alabama and Georgia naturally loom over everything else. But I think most people that really looked at it hard would say next in line is A&M, even though it's at Neyland Stadium. Let's see, I'm but an A&M seller. I'm an A&M huh. seller, guys. I, I sell A&M historically. I'm always going to sell A&M historically. Uh, A&M deserves to be sold historically. I know that. But the quarterback play in this league right now, is so spotty that if you have a quarterback that can complete passes like they do, you have to take them seriously. That's And Matt can say, well, you guys were overreacting to week one. That Beck guy, hey, Mike Huguenin, who's on with us on Fridays, said, look, I've been in Florida my whole life. I've covered the sport. I've got friends in Jacksonville that I trust that know the sport, saw the guy in high school, and said, I cannot believe he's at the University of Georgia. He looked... As average as you could possibly look out in front of an elite football team last week, the little bit that we saw of him, no, no offense, but it, it, you better have better quarterback play than that when you play elite teams if you're wanting to win the whole thing. Now, can they get through this league with him and the rest of their team? Probably. Can you get through us with him, uh, with the team they have? See, all of a sudden, when you don't have, and I just pause there for a second, because all, when you don't have, comp, and that's why I think John's right, I think eventually Kirby, Kirby, Kirby no dummy, Kirby dumb, cuts his hair with a floby. I think eventually they're going to come the, to the conclusion that, hey, you know what? We're pretty good, but we can be great. And as long as this guy's our quarterback, we're pretty good, and we need to be great. I think you're right, John. Well, see, I, Brock Vandergrift comes in. And Brock, uh, that's is that his name? If I got that yeah, right, yeah, little, Van, uh, little pocket rocket, okay. yeah. Vandergrift. He he's he was the second guy, but the guy that intrigues me is the third guy. He's Gunnar Stockton, that little dude, and he's 
smallish guy, mm-hmm. strong, really strong arm. Mm-hmm. He's very athletic. Mm-hmm. He remind he's got that moxie. He reminds me a little of Stetson Bennett. And see, Kirby Kirby didn't want Stetson Bennett to be his quarterback. Never. He wanted he wanted a systems guy, a guy that always went the right place to the right. You know, no surprises. Just manage our offense. Yeah. Our defense is elite. But that's not how you win national championships. And Kirby should have figured that out. Stetson Bennett gave him a lesson in how to win a national championship. You better have an elite, a very elite quarterback. Uh, Ohio State almost beat Georgia last year. C.J. Stroud, that was the best game I ever saw him play at Ohio State. He looked, he looked really good most of the time, but he gave it something extra. He was making plays. He scrambled, he he ran, he made some really big plays. That's what you need to win a championship. I look at the Tennessee-Georgia game now completely differently than I did in preseason. The great John Adams presented by Seniors Helping Seniors online at SeniorsHelpingSeniors.com. Tomorrow we are live at Calhoun's on the River. Tony Valls will be uh, making a, a, an appearance uh, on t- tomorrow's program, a live appearance Matt, your thoughts on, and I want to do this on the other side, but your thoughts, Matt, on what Tony Valls has put together across the state. Instead of scrimmaging each other, they're scrimmaging various teams. They announced that yesterday. Tony will be on to talk about that. And also, Tony's just good luck. You know, Tony's a part. And I like seeing women swoon at him. I like to see watch the women swoon at him as well. And, and in some cases... Tony really likes Tony. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern middle Tennessee. WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. Celebrate you with a new vehicle from Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. We have a huge selection of new vehicles waiting for you. We're talking cars, trucks, and SUVs. And if you're in the business of selling your vehicle, we've got you covered. We'll buy from you even if you don't buy from us. At Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia, we're locally owned and operated and proud to serve our community as the largest CDJR dealership in Tennessee. Find your new ride today when you visit Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. Hello, this is Rick Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. What is a full-service jeweler? Experienced staff, custom designers, in-house jewelry repairs, and beautiful jewelry. Yes, at Tillis Jewelry, we are passionate, knowledgeable, and committed to integrity. We strive to be the best in our community and in our profession. We build long-term relationships and become part of family traditions that will cross generations. We delight clients by providing an unparalleled selection, superior service, and exceptional value. Tillis Jewelry, we exceed your expectations. Do you suffer from knee pain? Is it painful to walk or perform your day-to-day activities? If so, we have great news at the Dr. Gill Center. We can relieve your knee pain fast and easy with no downtime and no surgery. The FDA has approved a new non-surgical treatment for knee pain, and it's covered by most major insurance, including Medicare. This treatment has helped millions of people across the nation. Call today to see if you qualify for a free consultation and get back to a pain-free life. 615-551-9224. 
Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today. 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, the 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at 10pin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. This is Mark Curry at the Trailer Store. We are a local, family-owned business. Every day, I work with my wife, Susie, my mother, Becky, and my son, Justin. We offer a full line of lawnmower trailers, utility trailers, stock trailers, and a full line of trailer parts. We also offer service. Come see us at 1021 New Lewisburg Highway. Call us at 931-381-2795. That's 931-381-2795. Hey, this is Trip Stoltz, owner and manager of Columbia Ace Hardware. Come see us Saturday, September 9th, and let your first cookout be on us. With the purchase of any grill, you will receive an Omaha Steaks voucher for 12 steak burgers and 12 beef franks free. We also will have hamburgers for the first 100 customers between 11 and 2 until we run out. Come see us Saturday, September 9th at 112 East James Campbell Boulevard, Columbia, Tennessee. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. I am Jack Blackstone. And I'm Emery Blackstone. Together, we are Greenway Tech Repair. Tired of slow computers, cracked phone screens, and fancy home electronics you don't know how to use? We can help. We provide local on-site services as well as remote troubleshooting for any job, no matter how large or small, from computers and laptops to mobile devices and home electronics. We Blackstone Brothers are eager to serve our community. Find us on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. That's on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. You'll have to see it to believe it. Whoever said that must have been talking about Talladega. It's a place where chaos mixes with speed. And a playoffs weekend becomes a lifetime of memories. It's a tradition like no other. At a track like no other. And after it's all over, you still won't believe it ever happened. NASCAR Playoffs Weekend at Talladega, September 30th through October 1st. Get your tickets now at talladegasuperspeedway.com. Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. Tony, be back with you. Here's the deal. We've all got to run uh, today, and I'm going to be on the night at 7, right here at tclub.team, online, wherever you find us, all that stuff. But we'll be doing our uh, Winners and Losers presented by our friends at Miller Lite t- tonight which is going to be incredible. 
Let's go back to the phones. We'll speed round some calls. John Adams presented by our friends at Seniors Helping Seniors. We've had a lot of content today, a lot of, uh, and, and really not a lot of, like, goofiness because truly college football is king, and it's been a great season so far. And the Vols could have a very intriguing year here. Um, look, they still have their weaknesses. The, the interior of that offensive line is still an issue. Uh, if I'd have told a lot of people that, you know, the combination of uh, Ollie Lane and the other COVID senior were going to play as much as they're going, Dane Davis is, are going to play as much as they're going to play here, you'd have said, whoa. But the truth is you're in a league right now. Dare I say, dare, dare I say, it looks a little soft from here. Dare I say that out loud? It looks a little, and you lost Peely, your linebacker. But the league looks looks a little soft from here. Let's go to the phones. Hello and welcome into our next call. You're live on the show. Everybody gets two and a half minutes. Hello. How are my friends and compatriots doing today? What's up, Dub? You're Lynn Hiddett. Wish you guys would uh, check and see if you know some media members that cover the Pac-12. What I would like to see somebody film is the Pac-12 commissioner, that bungling idiot, visiting a game every week at a Pac-12 school, how he is received. Can yeah. you imagine how that's going to be? They ought to wheel that dude out on the field, and uh, just for my dark humor purposes, Oregon State, bring him out there when it's snowing. Put him at midfield. Here's the commission. How many snowballs, John, would come his way, you think, up there at Oregon? Time to escape. Yeah, I mean, he would die in death in Corvallis. He he will not go to Oregon State or Washington State this year. He will not visit those two campuses. He's done a really nice job, W. Lynn. That guy's done a nice job. You know, you know what uh, he's scheming to do. You were making fun of a guy for calling it the Pac-12. Still, he still has illusions. He can draw in eight or ten teams and still call it the Pac-12. You know, and, like, and keep their playoff it, spot. You know, like that would be. But see, college football needs to step in, John, and go. You're not doing that. That that's not going to count. Yeah, that would be like recruiting uh, passengers for the Titanic after it hit the uh, iceberg. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and oh, yeah, after the iceberg hit, hey, we got cheaper rates now. <laughs> <laughs> Come on and join us. I mean, all, all he could do is get grab Mountain West schools. I mean, that that guy needs to be probably sent to an institution or evaluated or something. That dude's ready for the funny farm, no question. Can but you I say that on the air? See, Go ahead, I'm sorry. I'd, lo- I'd love yes. to see some pictures of him, like showing up at Oregon and UCLA and all those places, Cal, Stanford, just how how he's uh, received. That would be hilarious. Guy's a great leader, W. Lynn. Up, great leader. You know? Guy's a great leader, W. Lynn. <laughs> but uh, it's it's fun. And do they even have a line on Austin P? I think Phil Steele does one, but does anybody else? No. No, there's no line. Fifty points. No line on the one double A games. That's, I know in his magazine he, he has it, but uh, you know, that's uh, I'm like you, I don't think there should be a line on those. And uh Austin P wish you we were playing you in the spring game because that's the way it ought to be. That's we ought to play people like that in the spring game. And you're the man, W Lynn, thank you. The problem with the Austin P game is 
how do you talk, like when you're me, and you make your living talking about this stuff, I'm not going to talk about that game. Uh, to quote, to, to, to quote Meatloaf, I'll do anything for love, but I won't do the hat. I'm just not doing one double A. I'm not going to do that. Division one versus one double A, an elite Southeastern Conference team against them. I mean, geez, you know that's like a, a police scanner game. What are you doing? Hello and welcome into our next call. Hey guys, how y'all doing? Yo. Hey, um, I want to talk about this ESPN deal a little bit. Yep. Because I went and dropped Spectrum yesterday, which I just switched to because I got tired of paying uh, DirecTV so damn much money. And, um, you know, DirecTV two years ago got dropped by ABC. Yep. And they said, well, we're in negotiations. Well, hell, that's been over two years. So I go up there to drop my spectrum yesterday because I don't see how a man can live without ESPN unless he's a little light in his loafers. Uh, you know. Can you say that on the air, John? Can, no. Continue. So, I mean, what, what, what's everybody else doing? I, my son talked to us and talked me, and we, we picked up uh, YouTube. That's what, it, you know, these kids want to do that. My, my son says to me yesterday, let's get YouTube. And I go, for the NFL package? And he goes, he just looks at me, kind of blood rushing out of his face. He goes, well, yeah. Well, not, no, you, to, get the, to get that, you've got to go. I know, you've got to pay the extra, right. But the YouTube TV is where the NFL Sunday ticket is now. And I'm like, Anthony, Well, you've you got, you got, you got to get that. To get it free, you got to go through Verizon. Oh, yeah. Verizon. Or you can just right. use my China. Never mind. But we just got YouTube TV, and so we've got ESPN. But how long before ESPN, if they team up with Amazon, that won't they cut YouTube out of it? Sure. They're gonna. They're going to put everything. Well, they're already saying when they go to Amazon, they're going to put their elite sporting events behind a paywall, and they're going to force you to pay for it. And you know what? They own all that content, like the SEC. They can do with it whatever they want to do, because that's part of the agreements that these leagues have with ESPN. They all knew this was coming. John, the, the SEC fans would like to think, well, the commissioner of the SEC would he would protect us. <laughs> He's laughing. I mean, it's a joke. They're not. They don't care about you. Let's take a quick poll. What are you guys doing right now? Well, I've got uh, unfortunately Comcast. Matt, who's your uh, provider? Uh, wow, wow, uh, Brian. And then, John, who I've do got, you have? Uh, Com I've got Com Comcast. Comcast Xfinity. I, yeah. I've got Comcast uh, slash Xfinity. Yeah. Yep. And so it's expensive. Com it's really expensive. But I've also got ESPN Plus. I mean, it, yep. me too. Which isn't a bad deal. No. I love the Plus but for the college it's going baseball. Up in price, too. Sure, it's it going is. Up in it's all going to go yeah, up. Yeah, but, it, but, but it's only got the games that nobody else wants. That's really. right. All the things I watch. Like like my dad used to say, the minor league sports. But anyway, well, but I mean, if you got if you want to watch Tennessee, you got to you need ESPN Plus this yep. week. This week, and, that's and right. No matter how how uh, impaired who the cares, opponent is, who cares I mean, about watching? Who who cares about watching this week's game, John? Really? No, I mean I doubt. 
they're people that just love Tennessee football. Yep. And they want to watch it, no yep. matter who whom Tennessee's playing. I'll watch it. I don't. I would. I wouldn't pay. I wouldn't pay a dime to walk across, to watch it in my front yard. Well, you've you've uplifted us today, but thank you. All right, let's get our last call in. I've got like a minute. Hello and welcome in. Speed round. You drew breath. Say something. You drew breath. You got forty-five seconds. Drew breath. That sounds like a guy that calls from the phone booth. Breathing heavy, John. Any? Uh, well, I, I admire anybody that can. I admire anybody that can find a phone booth now. Tomorrow we're live at uh, Calhoun's on the River. We're gonna, we're going to all jump out of here today. Because